Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. The hymn which ends the service is sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. During the season of Christmas and Epiphany, we remember that Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. His name reminds us that even though we may be separated from one another, we are united in God, who holds us all in his hands. And so we pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Collect for the Baptism of Christ Eternal Father, who at the baptism of Jesus revealed him to be your Son, anointing him with the Holy Spirit, grant to us who are born again by water and the Spirit that we may be faithful to our calling as your adopted children. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43, beginning at the first verse. Thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my sight and honoured and I love you, I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away, and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Reading from the Gospel according to St Luke, chapter 3, several verses. As the people were in expectation, and all men questioned in their hearts concerning Jesus, whether perhaps he were the Christ, John answered them all, I baptise you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptised, and when Jesus also had been baptised and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form as a dove, and a voice came from heaven, Thou art my beloved Son, 
With thee I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the day in the church's calendar when we remember the baptism of Jesus by John in the River Jordan, the first time he's publicly acclaimed as the Messiah, the Son of God. But it's also traditionally known as Plough Sunday, the day before Plough Monday, the first Monday after the Epiphany. Plough Monday was the day when agricultural labourers were expected to go back to work after the 12 days of Christmas. It was the beginning of the farming year, when they'd start ploughing the ground ready for seed sowing. It was a hungry and an uncertain time for many, with food supplies dwindling. Many people were casual labourers, relying on finding work day by day. Bad weather could mean there was no work, and families could easily be plunged into destitution. So everyone was hoping and praying that the year would start well that there'd be work and food in these coming harsh months. On Plough Sunday, they'd bring their ploughs to church to be blessed. Sometimes they'd drag them round the villages too, hoping to be hired, but also begging for money to tide them over when there was no work. Some parishes had their own plough kept in the church to lend to those too poor to own their own. Philip and I have occasionally come across these parish ploughs, still on display in country churches, though I rather doubt whether they're used much these days. My guess is that most of us won't be doing very much ploughing tomorrow, but that return to work feeling is still very real at this time of year. This coming week is the first full working week of the new year. No more bank holidays until Easter. Children are back at school, and those tasks we've been putting off until after Christmas are now getting harder to ignore. January and February can often be grim, even if we don't have to work outside. It's grey, it's cold, it's damp. There's not much to look forward to. Even in the best of years, we can feel like we've come down to earth with a bump. And let's face it, this year is not likely to be the best of years. Covid cases are still very high. Food and energy prices are rising. Many jobs and businesses are increasingly insecure. And a lot of people are just plain exhausted. The tough times seem to grind on and on, with no promise they'll end any time soon. But today's Gospel story of the baptism of Christ might offer a bit of help. As I said earlier, this moment, Jesus' baptism, marks the beginning of his public ministry. We don't know much about his early life, apart from one story of him staying behind in the temple in Jerusalem, much to Mary and Joseph's alarm when he was 12 years old. We assume, though, that he was just growing up like any other child, learning Joseph's trade, working alongside him. But now here he is, among the mass of people who've come to John for baptism. There's nothing that obviously singles him out, but John somehow knows who he is, and this is the moment when Jesus steps out of the crowd, or perhaps is drawn out of the crowd, identified by the dove and the voice from heaven. Nothing will ever be the same again for him. It all starts here. This is his Plough Monday moment. 
when he steps out into the work that God has called him to do. And for all that there'll be joy and love and blessing in his ministry, there'll also be hard work, challenge, pain and fear. Whether he likes it or not, there's no going back. In one sense, Jesus doesn't need to be baptised at all, of course. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, washing away sin, and Christian faith has always proclaimed that Jesus had no sin to wash away. So his baptism, one of the few stories recorded in all four Gospels, is a bit of a theological puzzle. But for Jesus, this baptism seems to be essential. In some of the Gospel stories of this, John tries to refuse. He says that Jesus should be baptising him, and that's implied in what he says here too. But Jesus is determined. Being baptised is his way of showing that he's with us. He's fully part of this world, one with us in his birth, his death, his resurrection, but also in the mundane ordinariness of daily life, prepared to get messy, prepared to get washed. So John baptises Jesus, and as he rises from the water, a dove descends on him, the symbol of the Holy Spirit, and a voice from heaven says, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Most of us, when we start a new job or take on a new role, suffer a bit from imposter syndrome, wondering how we came to be there, waiting for people to discover that we don't really know what we're doing. We need affirmation. Reading the Gospels, it's clear that Jesus was sometimes daunted, afraid, exhausted by the challenges he faced too, as we all are. But this voice from heaven is the ultimate endorsement, assigned to him and to those around him that God is with him, working through him, however unlikely that might seem or feel. We often find Jesus listening for that voice again as his ministry unfolds. We hear of him withdrawing to pray, but it wasn't just in those quiet private moments that he sought his father's presence. He also looked for it, I think, in the people he met. You might be a tax collector, a Samaritan woman at a well, a leper, a grieving widow, a grubby child. Everyone else might write you off. But Jesus looked for and found God in you. He told his followers that if they couldn't find God at work in the least of these, my brothers and sisters, then they wouldn't be able to find him anywhere. He approached life as if every person, every place, every moment was a gateway to heaven. And so it was. I don't know what the coming week will bring for you, what furrow you'll be ploughing on your own plough Monday tomorrow. You might be at work. You might be at home caring for others. You might be retired, feeling at a loose end, or so busy you wonder how you ever had time to work. You might be living with long-term disability or sickness. It might take all your time and energy just to get by. I hope there are some bits of your daily reality, whatever it is, that you enjoy. But there are bound also to be people we don't get along with so well, tasks we're bored by or wish we didn't have to do, things that make our hearts sink rather than sing. What would happen, I wonder, if whenever one of those heart-sink moments loomed, we asked ourselves, 
where might God be in this? How might it change those tough times if we believed that in every person, every place, every moment, there was a gateway to heaven for us? Somewhere we could find the light of Christ, get a glimpse of the glory of God, hidden beneath the drabness and the difficulty. It's worth a thought. It's worth a try. It can't do any harm, and it just might transform our lives. Ploughing our own furrows matters, whatever sort of furrows they happen to be. Sowing the seed matters, turning up for work matters, caring for those we have responsibilities towards matters, engaging with our communities matters. Our day-to-day reality matters. Our callings may be different from one another, but in his baptism Jesus reminds us that whatever we go through, He goes through with us, showing us heaven right here on earth. God speed the plough. Amen. And so we bring our prayers to God and we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Christ, who by his incarnation gathered into one things earthly and heavenly, fill you with peace and goodwill, and make you partakers of the divine nature. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.